Hello, friends. My name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week, we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Elisa Kelly, and today I am sitting with Cassandra Bodzak. Cassandra is an actress, author, spiritual mentor, Pisces sun, Capricorn moon, Aries rising. Cassandra is a thought leader, best-selling author, and sought-after on-camera personality and speaker in the mindfulness and personal development world. She is host of the popular spiritual podcast, Divine Downloads. She has been called an award-winning thought leader and intuitive coach in Forbes and a spiritual leader in by Well and Good. Cassandra helps people all over the world learn the process, which is a capital P, for bringing their soul's desires into their everyday reality through her online group program, Divinely Design Your Life, as well as through all of the free content she shares on her YouTube and social media. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You have like this beautiful bio, which I'm so glad you do. But I have also been in your position where it's like the bio. It's like, oh my God, like this is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, not. Like, can I hide behind the curtain for the bio? <laughs> I understand. I totally get it. I, I had sent this for my friend Brenda's podcast. She has this great podcast and YouTube channel about like, you know, challenge, she was raised Christian, challenging Christianity. And I sent her like, just like my bio, like the, I guess not the abridged one. And she read the whole fucking thing. And I was like, Brenda, enough, <laughs> like, like stop, stop it. it. Stop <laughs> it's no, humiliating. It's true. It's because you have like, uh, you know, you have all these different bios. And the, so sometimes you're like, oh, like I always forget. I should just come up with like a two sentence bio for like podcasts. No, I'm glad that you, I'm glad to know all of this because this is, this is exactly like, I, I have so many things I want to ask you about that have been clarified in this bio here. Well, so for instance, the first thing I want to ask you about is the process, capital P, the process. Um, I would love to know everything about the process because because it's capitalized. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, it was so funny. I, you know, throughout my like career working as I work as a spiritual mentor with women. Um, and I had done a couple of different programs and the past like four years, I want to say, I felt like, and I feel like just get a sense that you're someone that's going to relate to this, but I felt something ready to be born in me. That was going to be like a bigger, more kind of like cumulative mastery of what I know around and, and essentially it's manifesting, right. Is something that I've always played in is something that's always been, um, I don't know. It's just always been a part of my life and, and my own spiritual awakening and, and how like all that kind of stuff opened up. And so the process is essentially me crystallizing all of these different tools, all of these different things so that women have a literal process <laughs> that they can walk through that essentially helps them. And it's called divinely design your life, the process, because that's like the MO, right? One of the things that I'm really passionate about is reminding as many people as humanly possible that we can divinely design our life and that our life is also divinely designed. And um, and that's a big part of why I love what you do. And I love astrology in general, because I believe astrology clues us in to the divine design in us. Right. And so the process takes people to opening themselves up to that mindset and saying, okay, what if I really believe that I am fundamentally divinely designed? 
What if I believe that it's not an accident that I incarnated with these parents in these circumstances, that my heart has these desires, that I have these dreams, and also that I have like these fears and these issues and like all these other things that I come up against. And if everything in my world is happening for me, right, is either a, I call it a lesson or a blessing, but it's like a lesson or a blessing, you know, um, what if I move through life that way? And then it, I take them through the really honoring and opening up to their soul's desires and what their heart really wants and all the BS that maybe they've been sold about why it's not possible or why it's too crazy or why it doesn't make sense for them and their particular situation or whatnot. And then we go through releasing all those fears, looking at what are the fears that we just learned from society that we need to release? What are the fears that we learned from maybe past lives? What are the fears that we learned from our parents, our wounding, healing those woundings, tools every step of the way, meditations every step of the way as we're going through all of this, and then into quantum embodiment. Now let's embody that next level version of us or that new timeline version of us that we're seeing that we're being drawn towards, which is that like desire and that calling that we're feeling. Um, and, and then, and then it goes into like other more magical parts of life, like connecting with the universe and connecting with your divine support squad, connecting with your angels and your guides and letting that be like, what if that's just how you do life? What if you don't like, you know, you invite them into every step of the way and how magical does life get to be? Um, so that's kind of like the process in a real short nutshell. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, I, I've been working as a mentor one-on-one -on -one with women for uh, like eight years now. And I just wanted something that I feel like so many of my clients were also craving just like a really grounded, tangible, maybe this is my cap too, because I like that um, as well, like a grounded kind of tangible thing that they can move themselves through and have like, you know, there's like 16 different modules and each step of the way and everyone has like a meditation and has like an energy tool or something, right? So that they really feel like they have this curriculum um, on a journey that as I think many of us know that are on the journey can feel like all over the place um, and can feel really intense. So that is the process. And so divinely design your life, the process just felt like a whole mouthful. Um, and the girls just started calling it the process. And I was like, it's the process. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that was, it's interesting because that's um, with my book that's coming out in September called this is your destiny that was also sort of the yeah i know i, I also see this thing called tank which means there are no coincidences so this is all very tank for me you know the sort of like the intent with the book you know what i went in to try to create was a synthesis of all of the conversations that i've had all of the work that i've done on myself all of the work that i have been able to witness my clients do um, through astrology and the integration of astrology and manifestation. Um, and what I found through the process of writing the book is that these are so hard to define. You know, I think that I spent the majority of the not writing, writing time really trying to figure out how do I verbalize and communicate and create structure and language around these concepts because they are they are so metaphysical and sometimes it's really hard to um communicate these like very deep metaphysical ideologies or approaches or techniques especially i mean for me i'm sure your pisces rising will relate to the or pisces sun rather will relate to this with my pisces moon like a lot of this is just sort of second nature to me. A lot of it was just sort of like, for better or worse, it was embodied because it had to be embodied and in both positive ways and also in negative ways. Like I understood how to, I understood how powerful energy is because I had to. So then in sort of communicating that and writing a book and not wanting the book to be like, 
you know, entitled or elitist or being like, oh, I assume everybody will know what I'm talking about here. Like breaking it down for someone who is a beginner in this was like, oh God, like this is really hard to do. This is really hard to convey. How would you, how do you convey what you do to people who are like total beginners and new to this type of material? Yeah, I totally relate to that. That is so funny. We're going to have to do, I also have a book coming out in September called Manifesting Through Meditation. We're going to have to do some book collab. Oh my gosh, we will. (laughs) What what is the date of your book launch? September 21st. Me too. Oh my God. I love it. Oh my God. How, that's so amazing. Crazy. That's tank. I'm going to steal your word. That is tank. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's so cool. Well, we're going to have to, well, yeah, we're going to have to gossip about yeah. all things September 21st. Oh my God. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's something that's also, I think why it took me this like process and even the book is, and I have another book that I did before that's called eat with intention. That's kind of like connecting with your intuition through your body. But like this particular book about like manifesting through meditation and the process, which is a a way more, I think even, even more than that took, you know, it was like four years in the making because it was really just the distillation of you're right. So many of these things that are somewhat second nature to me. And a lot of these concepts, I think even more that more than this is second nature to me. It's also a lot of these concepts I just intuitively buy into and believe. So putting myself, and I think that's also when it's helpful to have friends or family members or even an editor. Like my editor was great because it couldn't be more not in this world in a way, right? So being like, okay, am I communicating this in a way that is really interesting. And I think the, the, the magical way that I would say that that came through is one, um, I really do call in my guides and feel like so much of what I do is just channeling. And one of my biggest requests, repeatedly requests (laughs) is please give me the words that will unlock whatever this person needs to open them up to hear what I'm about to say, because I know that that's one of my challenges in this lifetime is for me to be able to communicate the knowledge, the metaphysical knowledge that I have in a way that people really get. So I think that first and foremost, that's always like my prayer. And a lot of the stuff that comes through is just straight channeling. And I'm just like, thank God. (laughs) Um, Because when my logical mind gets in it, it gets a little bit trickier. Um, And then the other way that I found is really has been helpful. And I think I discovered this through clients, which I'm sure you can relate to as well, um, is that like your clients give you so much gems and like help you kind of like figure out because you have like a real life person in front of you that's like, wait, I don't get that. (laughs) Like, can you explain that? Can you and you have to kind of in real time, find that magic um, way of of communicating it is um, sharing my own stories. I think there's so much power and I believe just (laughs) like with your book, um, our stories are divinely designed, right? And so the way that you discovered manifesting or maybe the first time you discovered you could have a thought and like see something change in your world wasn't an accident, right? And that story in and of itself has a gift to give to the people that are going to come to you and ask you something. And you can be like, well, let me tell you about the first time. I worked on my thoughts and shifted this thing and then saw this shift in my reality. And so I think that's been one of the things that I found to be really helpful. And also to just share the moments of questioning or doubt that I've had as well, in a way, and how I move through them, I think has been helpful in allowing people to open up to those concepts. Could you give us an example of that here? Yeah. Um, so this one's just keep, this one comes up. I have no idea why this is coming up, but this keep, this was the first one that came up. Um, one of the exercises I, I talk about is a thought log, right? Is writing down three times a day, just writing down all of your thoughts and, 
acknowledging, seeing, because so many of our thoughts, like 90% of our thoughts, we have every single day the same thoughts, right? Only about like five to 10% of our thoughts are new thoughts every day, which is kind of nuts. So if you have like a wonky pattern going on in your thoughts that keeps coming up, it's going to keep manifesting itself in your reality until you extract it. Um, so I remember when I first did this for myself, I noticed that I was going through this period of time and you could do this with anything like whatever, but I just happened to do it with exhaustion. I was constantly feeling exhausted, tired. I was feeling overwhelmed and nothing was working. You know, I was taking all my supplements. I was sleeping eight hours, you know, a night. I was meditating. I was doing all the things. And I'm like, I cannot shake this. And so this is a story I tell during the thought, you know, when I'm explaining thoughts and their power. Um, And so I did this thing that I later make other people do now. (laughs) But I just was like, okay, in the notes section of my phone, when I wake up at lunchtime and before I go to bed, I'm just going to like brain drain all the crazy thoughts in my head and just see what what my thoughts are. So I did it for a week and then I looked at all of my thoughts and I noticed that literally like you can put your thoughts in categories. That's what I have them do. But I was just kind of doing it as like a, I've always been like weirdly geeked out about these kinds of things. So I was like, okay, let me see like, where are my thoughts going? And I was like, shit, I have like 70% of my waking thoughts are about like, when am I going to get to sleep next? I'm so overwhelmed, man, I'm exhausted. They were all of that. And there were so few thoughts about literally anything else in life. And there were like some random thoughts about like, oh, I have to do my laundry or I have to do, you know, but it was so much. So I was like, okay, well, crazy. So I was like, what if, if I know intellectually, I can talk back to that thought and say, actually, I sleep eight hours. I'm meditating, I'm taking myself, I'm doing the things that I would assume I need to do to not feel overwhelmed and exhausted and tired all the time. Then what can I just change on the thought level? Because I've done everything on the physical level. And, and so on the thought level, I was like, okay, what if every time that thought comes up, I just replace it? And I say, I have, I wasn't even getting crazy with it. I was just, I have enough energy to get through today right? Like not even like, even for the stars yet. I was like, I have plenty of energy to get everything I need to get done. So I just started doing that. Every time I consciously noticed this thought comes up, I replaced it. And the craziest thing was that within like two days, I was not exhausted at all anymore. I had plenty of energy and that pattern of itself, I, I, I would say maybe there was a couple of weeks of me having to consciously, and then it just became Now those new thoughts became like the regular thoughts and those other thoughts weren't as powerful anymore. Um, And so that's one of those stories where people are like, okay, change your thoughts, change your life. And we think about that in all these ways. And you can do that with like, let's say an abundance mindset, right? If you're like, listen, I have a job. I always pay my rent. I always pay my bills. I'm Oh, I'm safe. I'm good. Right. I'm good on money. Right. Maybe you're not like a bajillionaire right now, but like you're good. And if you have that, or you can look at what you do have in whatever situation, if it's like, I live in my parents' house and I have a beautiful room in my parents' house or whatever it is and, and see how that shifts. Right. If every time that thought comes in, you can counteract it with a thought that I call an authentic gratitude thought. Right. So not like a bullshit gratitude thought that you don't really buy into, but like something that feels like grounded and real, like, listen, you know, I'm don't live in like a whatever beachfront condo that I want yet, but I'm grateful for this cool one bedroom apartment in a chill part of the city or whatever, you know, like find something that feels really real to you. Just like with me, I was like, I can grab onto the fact that like, I get a decent amount of sleep, (laughs) you know? And then you have that experience of literally being like, the quality of my life that changed from replacing that thought about exhaustion was probably more, I've manifested so many cool things in my life. That was one of the most significant upgrades in my life because it shifted my physical and I was doing 
all this stuff on the physical plane. And as soon as I changed it on the thought level, like my whole, my, my whole life changed in that. I mean, anyone that's had like chronic exhaustion or feeling super overwhelmed all the time knows that that's such a game changer, but you could apply that to anything. So yeah. So that's one of the stories. One of the things that I talk about in my book, um, which, you know, it sounds like there's so much overlap in our practices and in our book and the way we're synthesizing it is that fact that like, we want to prove ourselves right. We are constantly trying to prove ourselves right. So that means that if we are saying over and over, I am unlovable, I am unattractive, I am broke, and we just continue to have that be our, you know, what our internal world, our astral plane looks like, then that is what we are going to continue to find reinforced on the physical plane because, you know, it's not even an issue of stubborn or not stubborn. Like we as human beings are going to try to prove our hypothesis to be true, no matter what it is. So we also have to shift our hypothesis. Our brains are literally wired for that, right? Like our brains have like our reticular activating system. It's the reason why, like when you're shopping for a new car, as soon as you decide whatever car you want, you see that car all the time, right? Mm -hmm. It's when you're like jonesing to get bangs. All of a sudden you're like looking, everybody (laughs) has bangs. All the cool girls have bangs all of a sudden, you know, it's like when I want, it was like, I adopted a dog like a few years ago, but I remember in that moment, it was like, all of a sudden, like everyone had a dog, you know? Um, I hear women do that with babies too, right? But they call it like baby brain, but it's actually just our reticular activating system. And if we can do that with like a red Jeep or whatever it is, you know, then we do like exactly what you said. We do the same thing. We look for reasons. It's like, it's the same. If you think you're unlovable fundamentally and you allow that, I'm hard to love, right? I'm hard to love. I'm hard to love. Then all of a sudden, you're going to see all of the evidence, right? Yep. Come at you for like, let me look at the evidence that I'm hard to love, right? And I, I really believe that there's evidence. You could find evidence, collect evidence for whatever case you want to prove. But the, the, the question is, what case do you want to prove, <laughs> right? Right, right. And not necessarily, you know, not saying, well, I, you know, my external circumstances point to the fact that I, I, I'm not going to make money or I'm not going to live where I want to live or I'm not going to find my partner because the external evidence is likely a manifestation of what your psyche has been sort of instructing it to do and create. And it's, you know, cause, and that's sometimes like, I, I know for me at least, like, you know, in, challenging times in my life when I have not been happy with my external circumstances, my external circumstances objectively sucked. They objectively sucked and were shitty. And those were, and I already came into those feeling insecure, feeling inadequate. And then my circumstances sucked. I couldn't stop dating fuck boys. I couldn't keep money. I couldn't find any job that I was passionate about. Like everything sucked. And it was like, well, Clearly, all of my intuition that I am going to live a shitty life like is proving it to be true. And I think that what, you know, for me, I'm a big advocate of rock bottoms because I think rock bottoms can sometimes really help like recalibrate. But even before, like you don't have to be like rock bottoming in a ditch you know, like (laughs) with like a needle in your arm, like it doesn't have to be that extreme in order for you to be like, you know what? I'm really just not content. And if I'm not content with the way that my life is going, then there's actually very low, um, risk in, in making changes and in trying new techniques and in trying to shift things around. Because if my love life sucks, if my job sucks, if my money sucks, if my family sucks, if I hate myself, if I hate the way I feel, if I hate the way I look like there's not really a lot of, there's no risk in like shifting, you know, there's no risk in trying different ways of changing the way that you're moving through your reality. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I, I'm also a fan of rock bottoms and I feel like I've had, you know, a couple of really ugly ones. And then more recently, I feel like the rock bottom doesn't even have to be that bad. It's like the rock bottom it, it is bad. It's always emotionally bad, <laughs> but I mean, bad isn't like an unpleasant experience, but, um, but it's just really a moment where you've had enough of your old shit. 
right? Where like, you've gotten to the point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I feel like in that way, it's such a good catalyst, because exactly what you said, is that in that moment, we have to make that decision to change, and to try something new, and to try something potentially uncomfortable, right? Because the the weird thing of think about us as humans is that we we can be in sucky circumstances or be in circumstances that we don't like and get comfortable with that level of suckiness, right? Yes. And so we're like, okay, like I only date fuck boys, but I'm used to, and I did that as well. Like I'm used to that, right? And so for me, when I made that sharp transition into being like, I'm done with this, I want to date. Like before I met my fiance, I literally made that decision. I had a rock bottom in my romantic life. Like was like, this is insane what you're doing, Cassandra. It's not aligned with what you actually want. So let's try something different, dating someone different, you know, different kinds of people and stuff that are ready for relationships that do want families that want those things that you want. And it was uncomfortable AF and it was awkward. And there were like parts where I was like, you know, Oh, like, is this for me? Because I was so comfortable in the other lane that then doing the other thing can feel really uncomfortable. And I think that's the biggest part of change is being, being willing to do the uncomfortable thing, because even though we're, we're kind of taught sometimes in our society that uncomfortable is a negative, right? But if what you've been doing thus far isn't getting you where you're going, right? And I love that acknowledgement of just knowing like how my life has manifested thus far is just due to everything I've been doing thus far. Right. And that is what it is. And my life gets to change as I start changing, as I start moving things right now. And so I think Abraham Hicks even mentions that sometimes it's like the the things that are showing up right now. And sometimes we can get discouraged when we first start doing some metaphysical work and we're shifting things and we're doing it. And we have things that we're still like, oh, wait, that's not a line that come in. It's like, okay, but that's just stuff from, you know, you were attracting maybe a few months ago. (laughs) That's still like kind of weeding itself out as you're shifting and you're moving. And we have to be willing to do the uncomfortable thing. If you want a different you know, like with money, for instance, if you're used to a certain level of income and a certain relationship with money, if you want to transform that, you've got to be willing to do things you've never done before. Right. Totally. And that doesn't just mean on the physical plane. That also means on the energetic plane. You've got to be willing to hold frequencies you've never held before. You've got to be willing to replace thoughts you've never had before. You've got to be willing to have feel differently about money. And then yes, you might be also have to do things differently on the earth plane relating to money because that is in alignment with that new frequency and those new thoughts and the new relationship that you're now holding. And that's, I think, where some people get chipped up. Right. I mean, I think that that's in the topic of money, for instance, I think that, you know, one of the, one of the things that I noticed in my own journey. And then I have encountered so much with my clients is, you know, really desperately holding on to things that we're not really that excited or passionate about, but being, but a fear that if we let go of those things, that nothing else is going to come in. And that's the best we're going to have, which creates this you know, the, the universe, the cosmos takes what I have found is that it's very literal, you know? So it's like, if you're saying, okay, I'm going to keep this job and I'm not making enough money to really live a comfortable life, but it's making some money and some is better than nothing. Then the universe is like, okay, that's your job. (laughs) You know, like that's, if you're cool with that, like, cool. But acknowledging I, some, I think for a lot of people acknowledging, like I'm not making enough money or I want to be making more money or I'm, my situation is such where I have these really serious financial limitations because I'm in debt or I have to pay for school or I have to support my family. And the process of just dumping out those truths, allowing them to be true objectively, allowing them to not allowing them to not come from this mean and cruel and like condemned place, but just to be like, that is what it is. Like, okay, 
it, that actually just allows new potential and new energy and new conversations to be able to start to come through because sometimes just the fear of acknowledging the truth is actually the biggest obstacle to creating a change. Oh my God, a thousand percent. And I definitely, and that's that example that you gave literally could work for any area of your life, right? So it's like, you're afraid to get rid of the job. You're afraid to get rid of the partner. You're afraid to get rid of a friend group that doesn't fit, right? You're afraid to leave a, an apartment maybe that doesn't fit or whatever it is. We hold on because it's comfortable. And then I see this a lot with even friendships. People will be were like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm dreaming. My dream is to have all these like aligned spiritual girlfriends. We can do rituals and talk about this and stuff. And they're like, none of my girlfriends are into that right now. And I'm like, okay, so maybe we like create space for these new friends. And I always say, you know, it doesn't always have to mean you quit the job, leave the relationship or, you know, X out of your current friends, but it does require you to get honest with yourself about what you really want. Because when you get clear about what you really want, there's like an energetic standard that comes. And then all of a sudden, let's let whatever little Sammy is like, I want spiritual friends. So I'm going to throw a new moon ritual, invite all my old friends and we'll then see who shows up. Right. And now they either rise to the top or you're like, okay, you meet someone else at yoga class and you're like, hey, I'm doing this new moon thing. You want to come, right? And, and, and you see kind of how it goes, right? And if you're like, same thing in a relationship or in a job, right? They're like, my intention is to make X amount of money and feel happy during my work hours <laughs> or whatever it may be, right? And I'm either going to complete that intention at this job I'm going to hold that intention and be like, I'm ready for this and I'm ready for more money and I'm ready for more joy. And maybe I've seen it happen where that person gets transferred to a new division that lights them up and gets a pay raise. Or it happens where it becomes so glaringly obvious that that job is no longer in alignment that we have to leave, right? And oftentimes, once again, in those moments, there's that like uncomfortable in between. Like when my whatever, I'll just use the friend group. When my friend group was upgrading, let's say, I went through a period where I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, and it was uncomfortable when, you know, you get out of a relationship that, you know, is not working for you. Sometimes you can go through that period where it feels a little nerve nerve wracking. We're like, am I ever going to find anyone again? Right. You have to kind of be in that. Even with the job thing, sometimes we do need to leap and say, I'm leaping because I believe that there's something better out there and that all of that is either a lack or abundance mentality, right? On a big level, it's like we're either in a lack mentality where we feel like we live in a universe that would require us to settle, where we live in a universe where we feel like there's not enough. So there's even a possibility that if you leave that job, you wouldn't get a better job, more aligned job or a better, more aligned man or a better, more aligned woman or a better, more aligned friend group or whatever it is, apartment, right? That That's fundamentally living in like the way you perceive the world is lack. Like there's only so many good, aligned, happy, prosperous jobs. There's only so many whatever, right? Whereas if we live in an abundant mindset, And just in general, not just around money, like abundance in the universe mindset, that there's like an infinite universe that always wants to give us our desires, that always wants to line us up, that the reason we have our desires, the reason that's even a thing inside of us is because our souls align to receive it. We want to receive it. We want to experience it in this, in this lifetime. And so of course the universe would give it to us. And I think we, in this like microcosm of social media world, We see so we see a very small uh, section of the population kind of going for it, (laughs) or we see, let's say, a small. I I think sometimes less diverse um, as far as it comes to like dreams and desires, right? We see lots of like influencers and online business owners and entrepreneurs and stuff like that on the interwebs and stuff. But if we really think about like the grand scheme of things. All of us have very different desires. Yeah, there's a bunch of us that are going to be desire to be 
coaches there there's going to be astrologers but no one's going to be an astrologer the way you're an astrologer right there's going to be a bunch of authors right but no one's going to be the author the way I'm an author or you're an author right we have all these different things and our soul is drawn to these unique pathways and these unique things for a reason and i believe that if we believe that then when that desire is rising inside of us and we're like i want more money I actually, I want to be happier at work. I want to feel like I'm creating more of an impact. I want whatever, a baby. I want a partner. I want a house, whatever it is you want. It's like your soul's here on this earth ride and wants to experience that. That was like on the list of things that wants to experience this go around. And it gets to experience that if we believe. I truly agree. And I also really appreciate what you said about the limited scope that I think social media provides. You know, social media is really amazing and incredible. And it also like really sucks. And it really is. um, And I oscillate like some days I'll feel like really inspired by social media. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this is actually um, a vehicle for me to be able to do the work that I really feel I have always wanted to do. And I am so fucking grateful to have these tools and to be able to use these tools and to know these tools and to be the age that I am, to be able to intuitively know how to use them. Like, wow, so cool. And then other days I'm like really, really overwhelmed. And I feel really like oppressed. (laughs) I feel really stifled. I feel really like suffocated by the amount of content that is being created and produced. And it's, and it's really hard to keep up, you know, and it's hard to feel like what you're doing is meaningful. And it's hard to feel like you are even going to be able to actualize what you want, what you're setting out to do, because there's so much noise. And I think that both of these exist, you know, and a huge part of my practice is like allowing multiple truths to exist simultaneously without one having to negate the other or without one having to make, you know, one feels, um, one is not going to then make the other one any less valid or real or significant. You know, like I find social media to be an incredible vehicle. And I also find it to be an extremely overwhelming and, um, insecurity producing experience, but both of those exist in tandem. So how do I then exist in a space that there are all of these multiple truths happening simultaneously without having to have just like one blanket statement to define it. And I think that that is the very process of being an organic and universally like connected person is like, you are moving through your, you're present with yourself to know, like I'm overwhelmed. So I'm going to take a step back today or I'm feeling inspired. So I'm going to push forward and actually, you know, and I'm sure that the process of intuitive eating is very similar to this. It's like, it's not just assigning something that always has to be applied. It's, it's really acknowledging that you could oscillate, you know, and I love the moon for this because the moon is changing so rapidly all the time. Like you can, over the course of five hours, you could go from being like, social media is the best to like, I'm, I'm about to cancel all my accounts and shut it down, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, I think, you know, social media is a tool. And I think that it's one of those things that like, we give it power, right? Like we're the ones that give it power. It doesn't inherently have power. We give it its power um, in our lives. And so, you know, I just hate to see when people give it that power to, and it's funny, I had a great conversation with this, this older like tarot reader guy about this a few months ago. And he was talking about, he's like, your generation feels like social media is like the end all be all, right? Feels like that's what you need to run a business. That's what you need to like climb the ranks, you know, all these things. Right. And he's like, but it's not right. It's just another thing that exists, right? And there'll be people, there was people that were successful, you know, he's old school, right? He's like kind of like this like celebrity tarot guy or whatever, but doesn't have a website, only has a landline, you mail him a check, right? Like he doesn't subscribe to any of it. And he was like, 
if we really believe that we're like the magicians, we're the wizards, we're like in control of this reality, then we either decide that we want to play in the social media realm and we decide that's one of the ways we're going to allow ourselves to manifest clients or whatever it is we want to manifest through it, right? Um, Or we say, oh, actually, this is how I'm going to manifest it this way, right? I'm going to manifest it through my meditation. I'm going to manifest it through, you know, I have a a pretty large social media following and I will tell you almost all of my one-on-one clients are like, people will just email me being like, I heard you randomly on someone else's podcast and I knew you were my coach, right? So much of it is just like, I know it's just like literally like a frequency in the field is telling them it's now is the time to work with me and now is the time that they find me. And it'll be people that, all the people that have followed me on social media for years that have never worked with me or whatnot. And people that will work with me one-on-one after watching one YouTube video that they randomly came up on their search, right? And so I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's kind of, it's allowing it to be a tool and reminding ourselves that it doesn't hold the end-all be-all power um, in that way. And also just not, I think my main thing is just not allowing it to make people second-guess their soul desires, Like if you have a soul desire to do something, don't be discouraged. You know, I think it's just now we live in a world where we see other people more than we ever did. Like before you would just like, whoever was in your community, you had like the bakery person and the milk guy, the butcher, whatever, you know, and that's who you knew. So when you were like, oh, I want to be a baker, you'd go to the woman that ran the bakery and be like, hey, can you show me how to be a baker? Right. But now it looks like there's 50 bakers. And you're like, maybe there's no space for me to be a baker. Maybe I should second guess being a baker, right? And that's what I hope people don't let it do because everybody, you know, everybody has their own path. And we're seeing just like a small amount of the people that whose path may involve social media or they choose to involve social media in it. And there's so much space for all of us. And I also think that, you know, this is why a lot of the work has to be. it's, it's personal too, you know, it's internal work and it can't, you know, there's work that is about taking action items. There's work for the physical plane. And then there's work for the internal astral plane. And that internal astral plane work does not look like posting on social media. You know, it it doesn't, it it can't, you can post your reflections after, but the reason that it's important to put the phone away and check in with yourself and do the exercises and the meditations and the techniques personally is because if all you're doing is staring at the screen and seeing what other people are doing, it's going to be really hard to create original ideas. It's going to be really hard to listen to your intuition. It's going to be really hard to understand what your intuition says. It's going to be hard to understand what you are truly desiring, what you're truly wanting. And maybe you're not desiring at all. I mean, that's also like super chill. Like, obviously everything about living in America, being an American is we're living in a heavily consumer culture. Everything is in some way telling us that we're doing something wrong, that we should be doing something better, that we could be doing something slightly differently. We could be washing our teeth better, (laughs) brushing our teeth, washing our face, like wearing different jeans, like because we're being sold shit nonstop. But there's also a point, hopefully, in your spiritual work where, and whether it's an hour, a day, a year, 10 years, where you could also be like, I'm good. I'm good. I can actually take a step back and just be grateful and just appreciate. Because I think that we we, we do want things, we do desire that is part of being a magical being, but also living in gratitude and being content is an important part of that equation too. Like we don't need to be manifesting for the rest of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can stop when we feel like we're good, you know? And and I think even like it having interims in between where I go through periods, like I'm in a period right now where I'm not specifically manifesting anything. I'm doing my spiritual practices every day. I'm clearing up any fears or anxieties or whatever that come up. But I actually was like, no, like I'm just doing like mantra meditations, breath, like listening to Sylvagio frequencies and just connecting with the astral plane and, and source and stuff like that. And that's, that's what I, right now that feels like what the medicine is. And 
I think you're absolutely right. We're programmed in a society that's like, we always have to be achieving the next thing and the next thing. And it's like, actually, sometimes the juiciest thing. And if there is anything that's what's for us or what's aligned for us, the most magnetic we ever are or when we are in this is enough, right? This is enough. And even in that space, like we're backtracking, talking about before about like the job, let's say that you feel like you're not making enough money or whatnot. I used to have this rule with my clients. A lot of my clients leave their jobs. They, I'd be like, you have to find peace and and gratitude in this job before you're allowed to leave it. (laughs) And you need to be able to go to this job and have it be like, hey, like, and have a good day because this job doesn't get to take that good day away from you. Right. And if you let this job take that good day away from you and not having X amount of money or not being the exact thing you want to be doing or whatever, then when you get that thing that you think you want to be doing, you'll still let something take your good day away from you. So I think so much of we I think we oscillate as as things are coming up. And the more we can find those periods of time where we can just say, it doesn't mean I don't have desires or other things. I mean, I have a book coming out, but I've never been more unattached outcome. <laughs> and just be like, no, like the medicine my soul needs right now is to just enjoy life. Because I feel like that is, um, you know, something again, that maybe is bred from social media. Like sometimes I literally have to unfollow people where the constant messaging is like, if you're not hustling, you're losing your life, (laughs) you know, you're losing something or like this, like real, like get up and like make stuff happen. And it's like this, like very harsh, like masculine, we got to always be, if you're not making seven figures, you're doing something wrong. Well, guess what? Not everyone needs to make seven figures Not everybody wants to have that like that kind of life or the responsibilities all the things that come up to it and that isn't some like holy grail for some of us who want it that's great if you want it then it's there for you (laughs) but if you want it because you think you're going to be happier getting it then it's not going to make you happy right and it's like if we think the job is going to make you be at peace oh if I get to a better job then I'll be at peace that's a lie, right? Every new level, it's like, if you haven't done the work to be happy where you are, you're just going to be not happy in a new place, right? And so it's never about the external thing, right? That's presenting itself, whether it's the relationship or the work or the money or whatever. It's always about our inner game and how we, do we have the capacity to feel that gratitude, to feel that enough? And it's magical how when we get into that space where we're like, this is enough. I'm so excited to put this program out into the world just because like the joy was in the creation, right? That then all of a sudden, like the program sells because it wasn't about that, right? Like universe is always like laughing at us in little different ways about that, right? It's like literally every time you finally get happy, like if you get happy and I've seen this happen so many times, they get happy at the old job. And then literally it's like a friend's cousin or whatever is like, oh, do you need it? Like, there's this new job opening here. And then it's just like, it just pops off so seamlessly. And it's because they just allow themselves to get into that space of abundance, that space of connection, that space of gratitude right where they are. And that's the most magnetic thing you could do. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. Have you been dreaming about a beach getaway, but you're nowhere near the ocean? Well, you may need to get creative. With Calm, you can listen to the relaxing sounds of the waves and give yourself a break wherever you are. I'm partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools you need to improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditation. Improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks. And drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Aliza. Go to calm.com slash Aliza for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash Aliza. 
So now let me ask you one of the questions that we always ask on this here podcast, which is, what do you believe in? I feel like we talked about a lot of it. I feel like I really do believe that we are divinely designed, um, that our lives are divinely designed, that we have such, you know, that this earth journey is just so magical and precious and we get to design it however we want. And I really do believe that we are, you know, spiritual quantum beings um, having an earthly experience um, and that we have so much power over the, how the experience of our life plays out and what we can learn from it. And now I would like to pull a tarot card for you if you are interested. Yeah. So I always give two options, even though I have a strong preference. Option one is that we pull a tarot card in response to something that is happening in your life that you would like to see a tarot card pulled on something you're curious about something, you know, whatever we can, we can shop the question option two, which I'm not as keen on, but I always have to present it is that I just pull a card and we see what comes up. So no, let's do option two options. one. I want to do the one okay, you're keen me into, <laughs> obviously. Um, so, okay. The subject I want to know about is, yeah, I've been, this is kind of a weirdly specific subject, but I'm very curious to see what comes up. Um, I've been having, I've always had a lot of food sensitivities, but recently I've been having even more food sensitivities, um, than before and having a lot of kind of like weird inflammation and bloating things happen. And I'm just curious if there's any guidance as to why that's happening. I love that question. Do you have your son in the 12th house? Um, I don't know. I can. I think you do. Oh, yeah, you, I do. I do you're have in Pisces Aries in my rising, 12th. Right? Yeah. Pisces in my 12th. Yeah. Yeah. So the 12th house is the psychological, astral, um, non-physical realm. And then it's opposite. The sixth house is the physical body, what we eat, what we do, our routines, our structure. So whenever there, we're seeing something happening in one dimension, to me, the remedy is some probably in the other, mm. you know, because oftentimes what we, the things that are happening on one plane, we can't quite, we, we're not always able to treat it on the same plane. You know, sometimes we have to go to the other side of the access in order to figure out what the right approach is. So if you're having a six house physical eating food problem, it is definitely a 12th house psychological, emotional wellness problem mm. as opposed to the food. But let's take a look and see what the tarot says. That resonates. Okay. This card, I don't always work with flyer cards, <laughs> but this one popped out and this one is a, this one doesn't fuck around. So we pulled death. So, <laughs> so I, I don't think this means you're going to die. No, yeah, um, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it might mean something does or some, or there is some sort of a, an ending that needs to be introduced into your life or processed or metabolized. So my instinct on this is that even though you are maintaining your spiritual practice right now, I think that there's something that you're holding on to that you know that it's time to let go and release and it's time to release that and it's causing you to have the six house sort of physical visceral response. Mm. That's what, and it would have to be a 12, I mean, using this logic, it would be a 12th house thing. Like a mindset. Yeah. Or like, you know, what comes up for me is like an ego thing, you know, and like ego death is uh, really powerful. I mean, like there, what is the difference between an ego death and a spiritual breakthrough? I don't, I think that they are actually one of the same, Yeah, but you know, ego death is really hard and really horrifying and scary. Um, and it could also even be as simple as like, damn, like I thought that I could eat, you know, I thought that I would ha be able to like, ha have like a more normal, like not have to think about my diet all the time, but it looks like I actually 
do. And like, that's really sucks. And that's painful. And that's kind of heartbreaking because I just want to be a normal person. <laughs> so it could even be that. I think that that might be it. Cause that's literally, it's wild that you, cause I was like, I know you're intuitively getting something. Just say whatever it is. It's fine. Um, but <laughs> you can say whatever I'm comfortable that I literally had that thought ex- last night. Like last night I was literally laying in bed. I had eaten this, this, it was like a vegan pizza thing that like, by all vegan, gluten-free, all the things, by all intents and purposes should have been okay based on my usual food allergies. (laughs) And I was in so much pain. Like I ate something that was like, whatever. So anyway, I was laying in bed and I was like, what the F is going on? And that was one of the things that came up. It was like, I have spent, and I've had food allergies since I was 21. (laughs) And if anyone's read my book, Eat With Intention, that like described my whole journey and coming to it. And there has been, I think, internally, maybe more than I've given it outwardly, such as like just such a desire to be normal food wise, and such a desire to try to be like, I like I hate feeling like I'm high maintenance. I hate being like, because I think in our culture, also, we associate it with some sort of negative things. When you know, we go to the place and everyone else is having like a like a quote, unquote, like, let's say American breakfast. And I'm like, oh, can I just have a bowl of fruit? Right. And there's part of me that's like, okay, well, this is what my body needs. This is like all that really is on the menu for my body at this restaurant. Right. And, but there's like a shame that I have around like not being able to order the normal or more, whatever, normal based on whoever, you know? And then I feel like, oh, people are probably judging me or they probably think I have like an eating disorder or like whatever, you know, but that's interesting because that definitely came through for me. And I think also part of um, my journey here that I've gotten like intuitively and downloads about is that I feel like part of at least my, before I generalize it, although I have a feeling it, will apply to other people as well, is that part of my ascension process is as I keep on shifting my consciousness, my body keeps getting more and more sensitive. And there are more and more things that, you know, it just doesn't, has no tolerance for. Um, And so I had that thought last night, which is pretty, pretty perfect that you brought that up, because I had that thought last night, like, maybe I need to give up ever being normal when it comes to food. And maybe I just need to just fully surrender and own that like to the average bear, they're going to think like, you know, I eat kind of weird or it's not weird. It's just uber, uber healthy, I guess. But it's just, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's more, it's just not what we're used to. It's not right. You know what we're used to. And, and we're not used to seeing people eat that way that don't have an eating disorder. Right. Mm. Or, or some, we have a lot of judgments around it. And I have judgments around it. <laughs> right. And it's like, there's that part of me that just wanted, like, I wanted the vegan pizza, even though I was like, okay, this should check out fine. Right. But I, I also look for those things. Right. I look for those kind of like, what are the closest, like normal foods that I can have? And my body just doesn't want them. If I was like, no, can you please just give me steamed vegetables? Like, that's what I want and I'll be happy. So thank you for that. I think that yes. that's exactly what I needed to hear that that part of me that was hoping. And I actually got a hit last night, which is so interesting that this is coming up because I didn't plan. Actually, I was gonna, when I, you, when I thought that we were going to pull a card, I was just gonna be like, oh, I'll just let her pull something and I won't say anything. But then like you have a strong bias I was like don't be a wussy Cassandra just say the thing but I I thought about that last night about even I had the hit to even like do more like Instagram stuff sharing about my like how I eat um almost in a way for me to come out of the closet you know what Mm. I mean in a way to just like be like this is me and this is okay and this is how it is and I'm not saying everybody should eat this way but this is like what it is and and almost like in that way for me to kind of just be like I'm not normal and that's okay (laughs) totally like and you're you're you you know of course you're not going to be able to eat the same things that other people can eat everybody has totally different bodies that metabolize things so differently and obviously food is a really complicated topic in our culture because there is so much disassociation, disconnect and consumerism around it. You know, like we are 
<laughs> literally like, you know, the mass production of food. It's like, you don't want to know what it looks like in the factories. Yeah. You don't want to know what the ingredients actually contain. So it's easier to just disconnect, disassociate, not think about it, put it in your body than actually look at the ingredients and being like, oh my God, that is not food. You know, those aren't food items. Yeah. It's part of, I think, the untangling of like capitalism and spirituality and manifesting and, you know, a high and uh, like hustle driven culture and like pulling them apart because someone could easily be like manifesting. Isn't that another form of capitalism? And, and like, certainly it could be, but it also doesn't have to be at all. It could actually look like very, very spiritually centered as opposed to product centered. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like everything. And it's so funny because this is one of the things I talked about a lot in my book, Eat With Intention, but it applies to what you just said as well. It's like everything is the intention behind it. Literally, right? So if you're if you're manifesting, you can um, be manifesting from a place of lack, right? If you're like, I have to manifest because if I don't, if I don't, me- you can meditate. I me- like, I have to meditate every day. If I don't meditate every day, that I'm not going to like manifest the amount of money I want, right? Oh gosh, that's like, and that's a hustle. You're hustling. You're man. Yeah. Your meditation, <laughs> you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> and and it's the same thing, like you said, with manifesting. It's like, and it's true, and that's a just even tie in with our whole social media thing, you can see some people using manifestation with an intention that maybe you're not aligned with. And then that can turn you off from a whole thing instead of just being like, oh, they're using it for that. And I can use it in my way with my intentions. Right. Right. And that's unique. And same thing with, you know, the food, obviously that's like what I talked about with you with intention is that what I realized on that journey was that like you can eat the same kale salad or whatever it is, or the same French fries with two different intentions. And your intention about how you eat that food also has an impact on how that food impacts your, because there were many years in my life where I ate the kale salad from a place of like self-hatred or frustration. Right. And even now I'll say like, it's a different kind of frustration, but you know, sometimes when everyone else is having like their dinners and I'm just eating, you know, some different vegetable sides or whatnot, there can be that level of like frustration, right? Instead of being like, oh, I'm eating this because I love my body and I'm honoring my body with this, right? And so that's everything in life. And it's the same thing with our desire for money, right? Our desire for a partnership. Um, it's like, what is the intention behind it, right? Are we doing that pra- the pra- that from a place of self-love you know, and, and everything in our life? But I've been on a new kick about this too. My new kick is that asking myself in different situations, what is the, like, if I was my own mother, what is the loving thing to do, right? And I was thinking about that even around the food. It's like, well, the loving thing to do, it, I would never feed my kid foods that would, intentionally hurt its body, right? Like that's such an, it's some of those things are so obvious, right? When we put that one perspective on, because we even, like, I don't have like a kid, but even just like that mind flip, right? I can just from that, like the mother inside be like, oh, I wouldn't do that. And we can do that with so many, um, with any of those things, right? With like manifestation or money can be like, what's the self-loving way to, to do this? Totally. And perfect for cancer season, which yes. is the backdrop to literally, right literally yeah. such a cancer season assignment. <laughs> yes. That's a tank. <laughs> All right, my dear. So where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? And uh, what should we do to celebrate our books coming out on the same day? Right. <laughs> I know. I feel like we have to do something, right? Maybe we should do like yeah. a joint workshop or at least a joint Instagram live or something. Totally. Absolutely. I definitely have to have you on. I'll have you on my podcast as well. And yeah, we have, maybe we could scratch our brains and see if there's something even more creative than <laughs> what's at the top of my head, but I'm so excited for that. And I love this. I feel like they're like going to be a really good pair I know, I know. know. Like, like, I don't know. We have to figure out. Like, could we like pair them up in some way? If you like get both of these books, 
Um, maybe we will do something like that. I don't know, lip riffing online, but maybe we do something where if they get both of the books at the same time, they get like a special workshop with the two of us or something. I think, I think so. I think we have to do I think something. We have they're, to do something. They're like, the, it feels like the books are sisters. I really do. I feel that way as well. I think they're going to be great companions. Um, and so, yeah, you guys can find me, um, on social media. I'm at Cassandra Bodzak on all the platforms. It's Cassandra Bodzak TV on YouTube. Cause I couldn't get Cassandra Bodzak for whatever reason. Um, really? it's because I, I had it when I was younger and I locked myself out of it and like nobody oh. at YouTube. Can <laughs> so have, it was you it was who like locked me it out. Who ruined it for me. <laughs> but as, um, if you Google, you'll find me. Um, if it has no videos, that's the one that I screwed up when I was younger. Um, the, um, and yeah, and the book is manifesting through meditation. Um, and we'll put a link below. I'm going to be giving a bunch of bonuses, um, out as well. It's has a hundred different meditations and it guides you through the different steps of manifesting. Like I talked about a little bit in this interview through different meditations that you can do every different day and have all these different fun, um, metaphysical experiences. Um, and I'm sure by the time you listen to this, we'll have thought of something absolutely brilliant. <laughs> um, so you can uh, look at the link below to see whatever that is and pre-order both of our books and get some special something. <laughs> Amazing. Love it so much. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so, so much lovely for to having connect me. with you. This was so fun. <laughs> so much fun.